Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Aspiring Adult Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Smiles, and today we're going to be talking a little bit about manifesting and what that means and what it really looks like for people, or for me specifically, and maybe it'll allow for you to resonate with some of it. But today I'm filming or recording in my office. Um, I came into work. I normally work out before I go to work, but I am flying to LA today and I needed to pack. So when I normally record my podcast, I was packing and cleaning. And so instead of working out this morning, I decided that I was just going to record my podcast. So if you're watching on YouTube, um, that is why you will see the weird background. Um, But anyways, so I have weirdly enough never been to California before. Uh, I'm super excited and I'm really looking forward to seeing two of my best friends I haven't seen in a very long time. So my friends Nick and Alex I went to school at Miami with. We all majored in engineering together. Various kinds of engineering but nonetheless engineering. So we met all on the same day at our engineering school. Um, Actually we met all on the first day of engineering school and have been best friends ever since. But the wild thing is that Nick mentioned to me yesterday was that we haven't seen each other in two years, which is half of our college experience. So half of the amount of time that we spent together in college, we've spent now apart graduate. Looking forward to going out and hanging out with them. And they just... A lot of people, I feel like their best friends are their childhood friends that they grew up in the same hometown with. But for me, my Nick and Alex are my best, best friends. And we met through just joint classes. And we don't really, service level, have that much in common. But we have the world's best time together. And they bring out a lot of positive sides of me. And I bring out a lot of positive sides of them, I think, I hope. I'm just really looking forward to getting to be with them, and I'm excited to share about what we do. Uh, We have no itinerary plans or anything for this weekend. I'm sure Alex, who is hosting us, is going to put stuff together. I know that it's Pride Month, and um, so we'll be celebrating accordingly. Uh, (laughs) You know that we're going to go to a drag show. I don't really know what that entails. I went to a Massachusetts drag show or a Boston drag show, which I can only imagine is vastly different than a drag show in LA, but I'll report back on that. Anyways, I'm just really excited for positive energy, good vibes, sunshine, and to get out of the East Coast for a minute because I've been on the East Coast for the past two years and haven't really traveled West really at all. So definitely excited for a change of pace, change of scenery, and getting to get back in the groove with two of my best friends. But it is really funny to me because it is in this whole topic of me going to see Nick and Alex also brings me to the idea that I manifested this. When I was in high school and I got accepted to college, I was really looking forward to creating friendships and meeting people after I graduated high school and meeting people that had like mindsets to me when I got to college. So when I did that, I kept thinking about the type of people that I wanted to surround myself with. And 
the type of energy that I wanted to surround myself with. And being that I grew up with two brothers and was raised by my dad, I thought that the most natural progression for me was to have a male best friend. And I have had male best friends or male friends rather throughout high school, but no one who was my best friend, my go-to ride or die, I would tell my secrets to. And that's really what I wanted in college and in a very platonic way. I didn't want it to be a, oh, they're best friends and they're going to end up getting married and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not what I wanted. I wanted a very platonic friendship. And that was something that I knew from the get-go that I wanted when I graduated from high school and started going into college and making friends. And I knew it wasn't too far-fetched of an idea because I was majoring in engineering and there were likely to be, or there 100% is a lot of males in engineering. But I kept asking my brothers, I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do we think that I can like befriend a guy without making him think that I'm interested in him? And how do I make friends that blah, 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 blah. And I kept asking and Googling and researching and maybe like chat GPT would have been helpful at this point in time in my life. But anyways, it was something that I was constantly like journaling about, asking other people about, searching on Google, dredging up questions internally. And then I was kind of going about my graduation activities, saying bye to all my friends. And I got an invitation previously or earlier in the year to go to one of my childhood best friend's brother's wedding. So I know that that sounds like really confusing and convoluted, but I'm just going to go ahead and say my childhood best friend's wedding. It wasn't actually his wedding. It was his brother's wedding, but that's just a mouthful. So I went to the wedding and it was in Indiana and I haven't seen my childhood best friend and his name was Wesley. So again, like another one of my, this was like my male best friend that it was like kind of a funny thing because we were best friends, but it was also like we were so young that it was like cute for us to like hug and kiss each other. Like, I don't know, like we were two and three. Like I have a picture of me and Wesley, my childhood best friend, and we're in a swimming pool and we both have popsicles and like he's kissing me on the cheek. Like it was childhood crush energy and whatever but we were definitely best friends and we would go on family vacations together and we kind of just hung out and as we got older into like our elementary school and middle school ages it wasn't as much of that young childhood crush energy it became more of a platonic energy and we were that we were best friends so while we were on these vacations together we would spend all of our time together And so it's kind of funny that I went to this wedding and was expecting to not really talk to Wesley or his family that much because it was his brother's wedding. And you typically focus on that aspect. But I showed up and Wesley immediately comes running over to my table and he's like, oh my gosh, I have somebody for you to meet. This is so exciting. He is going to study biomedical engineering at Miami University, which is where you're going to school. And at the time, I was also studying biomedical engineering and obviously was going to Miami University. And I was kind of surprised and kind of awestruck that he put these two pieces of information together or number two, that this was even happening. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And I was jaw on the floor 
okay, like this is awesome. So Nick and I go over, or I Wesley brings me over to Nick. Nick and I start talking. And I used to live in this cul-de-sac in Indiana with Wesley. And this is how we became friends or how our families became friends was we lived in this cul-de-sac. And my family moved out to Ohio. And so my family and Wesley's family didn't talk as much. We still went on vacations together very occasionally, but as we got older, they started to dwindle because or all of the kids were doing sports and it was just really hard to sync our schedules that we now didn't live in the same cul-de-sac, let alone the same state. So in this cul-de-sac, obviously there's other houses and one of the neighbors of Wesley was Nick. And Nick and I would have lived right next to each other had I stayed in Indiana. So I walk over and we have that in common. So I start talking to him about the neighborhood that we lived in, how he knew Wesley, and then started talking about Miami. And it was very casual conversation. It was very easy flowing. I don't, I'm very extroverted. So I could think that the conversation was not awkward at all. And if you ask Nick, he might say that it was the most awkward conversation of your entire life. But anyways, we added each other on Instagram and Snapchat, got each other's phone numbers. I remember leaving and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I already have a friend at Miami. And I remember then later in the summer, we got our housing assignments. So I, Snapchat message or maybe Instagram DM'd Nick. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm living in Western campus. Where are you living? And he was like, oh, I'm living in like central campus. So darn, guess we won't see each other. And then I made it my priority to see this through and keep talking to Nick. And that's what I did. I kept messaging him on Instagram, kept messaging him on Snapchat. And on our first day of engineering or engineering orientation, we met up in the engineering school. We watched the lecture together. And during and during this lecture, the professor presenting to all the students wanted to log in in front of the students on our Miami portal. So as a student, so that the students could see what the student portal looked like. So he asked for a student volunteer, obviously me, again, being extremely outgoing raises my hand and said, I'll volunteer. And he kind of tried to call my bluff on it and was like, oh, I don't think you'll actually come up. And I was like, actually, you're wrong. I love being the center of attention. So I'm going to come on stage. And so I walked on stage, gave everybody a little wave and entered in my username and password, said what my name was, said what I was majoring in, and then went and sat back down. Obviously, being that I just made a new friend, Nick, he was kind of in awe of the fact that I went up and did that and we were both laughing about it and just having a good time, having some positive energy again. And after the presentation with that professor was over, we left the engineering school and went over to the dining hall to which we were waiting in line for stir fry. And I turned over to my side and there was a boy that was filming the stir fry line for either Snapchat or I don't know, probably to send to his family, but was making a video and I popped my head in it, just being obnoxious. And he was like, oh my gosh, you were the girl that was just on stage at the engineering lecture. 
And I was like, yeah, that was me. And and then he introduced himself to me. His name is Alex. And we started talking a little bit further about what his major was and what his class schedule looked like and found out that we actually had a class together. And it was Physics 191 with Professor Beer. And we started laughing about how Professor Beer for one of our first classes seemed kind of funny because of teen drinking, whatever. And so from that point, Nick, Alex, and I kind of became an inseparable trio. And now I'm going to visit them in LA. So that was something that I would say that I definitely manifested. Nick, Alex, and I have always been best friends. It's never been more than best friends. And that's exactly what I was looking for. That's exactly what I was trying to manifest while I was in high school, journaling to myself about it, searching on YouTube about it, looking to my brothers for advice on it. And it happened. And it was pretty serendipitous in the way that it happened because one of my childhood best friends, who actually happened to coincidentally be a male, introduced me to what hap- what became one of my best friends ever. So that's one of the examples of manifesting that kind of came to fruition for me. There's a few other examples that I have about manifestation and what manifestation really means, but to get into what manifesting means and how I've used it in my life is pretty much just the law of attraction. The more that you talk about something, the more you think about something, the more that you're driven to it, the more that that energy is put out there and the more drawing that you're going to be in a, or ready to take on whatever you're asking for, whatever you're looking for. And that's the manifesting that I've personally gotten involved in. It's just really amazing what you're able to accomplish with manifesting. But again, the manifesting that I do is pretty much speaking things into existence or trying to work towards a goal. And you could say that this is just goal setting and whatnot, but it is goal setting, but also at the same time, it's manifestation because I couldn't goal set to make platonic friends in the way that I did. I manifested that because I was asking people about it. I was internalizing it. It was something that I really, really, really desperately wanted and would talk to myself about it. And one of my friends introduced me to friends. And you could say, oh, that was a natural progression of things. But that might not have happened had I not had thought about it or wanted it and been manifesting for it. Another example of this, and this might be a little bit more along the lines of goal orientation and joint manifestation, but nonetheless, I still believe that it is manifestation. So all throughout college, I was majoring in engineering, and I really wanted to make a difference in the world. And as I came closer and closer to my graduation date, kind of realized that a lot of the Imagineers or Lego engineering and cool engineering that you see as a kid that is kind of pumped down your throat as a STEM kid isn't really what STEM looks like when you graduate. So a lot of the STEM degrees or engineering degrees end up being kind of dull industries like plumbing, HVAC, and a variety of military contracting, which to me, are not the most compelling. And the most compelling to me was biomedical engineering, but that's still so niche that it's difficult as an entry-level person to get involved in. And so for me, I 
kind of realized that maybe engineering wasn't going to be something that I wanted to really get involved in as much. And there was going to be a different thing that I was going to focus on. So in my junior or in my sophomore year, I took part in an internship with this large Fortune 300 company. Every day I would drive into work and listen to this podcast called How I Built This with the narrator Guy Raz. And this was one of my favorite podcasts because it was so interesting for me to hear how companies or entrepreneurs grew an idea from just an idea to actually a tangible object or a service or what have you, a, a product to current day. So it was really awesome to hear that entire story. But my favorite part of all of that, the entrepreneurial process, was there was a decision maker that kind of saved those venture startups during their lifestyle their, during their lifetime someone went out on a limb and had faith in this company in this in this team and decided to invest and that to me was very alluring and at the time i happened to be friends with somebody who was in private equity who was doing a lot of diligence and knew a lot about vc and pe which are venture capital and private equity and got to talking to me about what his internship with private equity looked like and suggested that I might be interested in venture capital because at the time I had no idea what that was. And for those of you who are, who are listening and are like, I have no idea what venture capital is. If you ever watched Shark Tank, that is venture capital. So these startup ideas that get investment or money from that is venture capital. So I decided once I go back to school, I was like, okay, how can I get involved in venture capital? I really love the idea of venture capital. This is something that I definitely want to get involved in. So as I'm scrolling through my Instagram, I see an ad or not an ad. I see a newsletter from one of my one of the people that I'm following about this club called Red Hawk Ventures. And Red Hawk Ventures is a student-led venture capital organization at Miami. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. I'm definitely going to go and learn more about this and go to the info night and decide if this is something that I really actually want to do. So I go to the info night and learned all about what the VC fund at Miami looked like, that we invest money into Miami created startups and how we do diligence on the companies and how we kind of sus suss out what their valuations are and how much we're going to be investing in around and all of these types of things that were just really very interesting to me because throughout my entire college career, I was focused on engineering. So I never really got to see the finance or money side of things. And this was all very new to me, but it was still very alluring because again, I was very drawn into that podcast, how I built this and really thought that this was something that I was going to be good at. So after the info night, I went to my first round of interviews, then made it through the entire interview process and decided that I wanted to join the fund and accepted the offer that was extended to me after the interview process. After the process was over, joined the fund and started talking to some of the fund members about this program called Venture or VCIC, which is a venture capital international competition. And I love competition. So I was like, wow, this is perfect. I'm definitely going to do this. And 
a lot of people typically do it in their freshman or sophomore years because it requires a lot of time on your weekends. And being that I was going to compete as a senior in this venture capital competition, I decided, all right, I need to make a big sacrifice here. Either I'm going to be involved in this venture capital investment competition, or I'm going to go on trips with my friends on the weekends, go to Nashville for spring break, go to Florida with all of my housemates and sorority sisters for a vacation for one of our last hurrahs in school. And I was like, I was feeling very compelled to just compete in VCIC and that was it. So I made the decision to compete and I absolutely, first of all, absolutely loved it. The, it was a small team of, I think five of us and we all became very close knit and we ended up competing in the first portion of the competition. So that was the regional competition and how the competition is set up is that you get three startups that are very, very early in their investment fundraising or very early in their fundraising process and are looking for some sort of either valuation or feedback or they just want to get some exposure out there. So they're presenting their pitch decks and the founders are walking through what their product is and trying to sell you basically or pitch you as if you are a VC on their startup. And then after you hear all three of the startups, you then write a term sheet, which is basically what actual venture capitalists write when they're looking to invest in a startup. They write their terms of conditions and what they're looking for should they extend this monetary investment into this fund. So in doing that, you pick one of the startups of the three that you truly liked and write the reasons why you're investing, and then write the reasons why you're not investing in the other ones. So it was a really fun weekend that you spend the entire weekend doing diligence on the company, on all three companies, and then end up coming back together with the rest of your team and reporting on your findings, and then writing out that term sheet, talking to the um, talking to the entrepreneurs or the founders that have created these startups, and then you present your findings or you present the term sheet of how you think or who you think should be invested in and why. We ended up winning the regional competition and moving on into the global competition. And in the global competition, we met a variety of people. It was that same premise that you get three companies and you do diligence on each one of the companies. One of the companies was an engineering company in the sense that it was a quoting software for manufacturing engineers. And I got tasked with doing the diligence on it, being that I was the only engineer in the group. So I'm doing my diligence on it. I'm like, wow, this is an awesome company. I really like this company. And then we got to talk to the founders and ask the founder a question about the company. So Jason is the founder at the company that I was doing diligence on and really loved Jason. He was very authentic, told you how it was and applauded you for some of the diligence that you were doing, questions that you were asking, things of that nature. So really enjoyed the conversation that I had with him so much so that I ended up picking that as being one of where I ended up suggesting to my team that we select 
his company as the company that we quote unquote invest in. And I say quote unquote, because we're not actually making the investment. We're just writing out the term sheet. And we did that. And although we lost the competition, I still was completely enamored with this company and was excited to hear, to track the journey of Jason's company. And so I connected with him on LinkedIn and was following him over the course of the two years or the course of the year and a half that I had graduated from college and concluded VCIC. So I know that I've talked about it before in my podcast, but I after I graduated, went into an engineering role where I also got to work as a, where I also got to work in a small startup. And in that small startup, I realized that I really did enjoy working in a startup and that that was something that I potentially wanted to pursue. And I was very unhappy in my previous role. And I did, when I decided it was time for me to leave that company, I went to LinkedIn and saw that Jason had posted on LinkedIn something about his company and the great success that they were having and noticed that his bio was CEO, yes, we're hiring. Clicked on his company to see what was going on and saw that there was a position that I was interested in, then went ahead and messaged Jason, who is the CEO of this company, and said, hey, Jason, how's it going? We met about a year ago at VCIC. I have been following your journey and have really been impressed with what I've seen. I saw that you're hiring currently and would love to talk to you or your hiring manager for this role. Please let me know who I need to get in contact with because I would love to talk. And he was like, well, messages me back. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is either going to go really well or I'm never going to hear from him ever again. And this is going to be very embarrassing for me. So I'm sitting at my desk at my old office and I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And I get a notification on my phone from LinkedIn. I was like, oh, that's interesting. It was from Jason and he said, so great to hear from you. Would definitely love to set something up with you. Let me put in you in contact with the hiring manager for this role. And so then I did get in contact with the hiring manager and uh, I met with the hiring manager, went through the interview process, and then ended up accepting a role at this company where Jason is the CEO. So now I'm working at a startup in Boston for an engineering-esque company. And everything that I think that I everything that I wanted in college, I manifested into this role. I manifested into this position. And I got myself here. And I know, again, you're probably just thinking, oh, you must just really be good at networking or you definitely, you'd goal set for this. Sure I did. But there were a sequence of events that had to lead up to that, that I truly believe I manifested. I didn't have to do, or I didn't have to listen to that podcast on my way to my internship every day. I didn't have to talk to my friend about what private equity and venture capital was. I didn't have to join Red Hawk Ventures. I didn't have to compete in VCIC. I didn't have to connect with Jason after meeting him at the competition. I didn't have to accept a job in Massachusetts at a company that I didn't really like that much and message Jason on LinkedIn and accept this job at a startup in Boston with an engineering background. 
I didn't have to do all of those things, but I did. And each one of them presented themselves to me. So I would like to say that that is probably largely manifesting. So again, I think that manifesting comes about in a variety of ways, but I truly think that speaking things into existence is real and something that is very capable or something that you can definitely do yourself. And I I recommend trying it out. What's the worst that can happen? You are just journaling to yourself about things that you want and goals that you have to set out for yourself. Okay, then your goal setting. Those are just two of the most obvious examples to me that have been very apparent, uh, very apparent in my current day life that I've manifested both of those things. And there's been a variety of other things that I've manifested and I'm going to continue manifesting. So I'm not done on my manifestation journey. There are still things that I want. There are still goals that I have. And so I'm going to continue manifesting and hopefully this provides you with enough insight or clarity on what manifestation really means. Or, and again, I'm no expert on spirituality or manifestation or any of these things. I'm just speaking on what I do. And maybe it resonates with you. Maybe it doesn't. But if it does, give it a try and let me know how it goes for you. I'm genuinely interested because I definitely feel like I have a case of lucky girl syndrome because of all the manifestation that I do and how it comes to fruition. So thanks for watching or listening to The Aspiring Adult. And I will see you all next week. Thanks. Bye.